0: Good morning, Church. How are you today? Like, First of all, to start by welcoming you all to our Sunday service. And uh, we are joined today with people from far and wide. We've got people joining us this morning from South Africa. We've got people joining us from Botswana, as well as uh, Ireland, Uh, not forgetting the UK, of course. And before we start, uh, we'll open up with a prayer. Father, we want to come before you this morning. We give you all the honor, Lord. We give you all the glory and all the praise. We thank you, Lord God, that you are good. We thank you, Lord God, that your mercy endures forever and ever. You are the King of glory, Lord. There is no one else besides you. Father, as we come before you this morning, we surrender our lives to you, Father. We say, Lord, have your way. Be exalted, O God. You are the God of honor. You are the God of glory. As we come, Lord God, we come, Lord God, with open hearts to you. We ask you, Lord God, to fill us us up this morning, Lord God, with your word. Fill us up, Lord, and send us out. Lord, we must go. We must go, Father, especially during these difficult times, during these trying times, Father. There are trying times, Lord God, to the world, but Lord, your word warned us of times like this. So, Lord, we shouldn't be taken by surprise, but in all things, we need to come to you and cry to your father. We are asking you, Lord God, have your way, your father. Lord, we pray, your father, for those families, Lord God, that have been affected by the coronavirus. We ask Lord God that you comfort them, O oh, Father, and we ask Lord God that you will heal those those that are suffering right now, Father. Lord, we are asking, O oh, Father, that Lord you will provide us, O oh, Father, with a way out, O oh, Father. Lord, you said, O oh, Father, if we turn away from our wicked ways, if we repent, Lord, humble ourselves and pray to you, then will you hear from heaven, oh, Lord God, and you will answer us, O oh, Father. So, Lord, as a church, we are coming to you this morning and we are humbling ourselves, oh, Father. Lord, we are asking you, oh God, have mercy on us. Have mercy on your your world. Have mercy on your nation, Lord God. Father, we come to you. We come, Lord God, with brokenness. And we ask, Father, Lord, show your mercy, Lord. Show your mercy, oh God. For, Lord, you are the God of honor. You are the God of glory. We exalt you, Lord. We praise your holy name. Father, come and speak to us. I pray, Lord God, that as I stand before your people this morning, O Lord, that, Lord God, it will not be me standing, O Father, but, Lord God, it will be you. And that, Lord, I'll just be used as a vessel, Lord God, for your glory. Lord, I come and I surrender, I submit everything into your hand. And I ask, Lord God, that you will take charge and take control. Lord, this is in your hands. I want to thank you, Lord. I want to give you all the honour. I want to give you all the glory and all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. So as I come to you this morning, The first thing that I have written in my notes is it's unfortunate that we are meeting online, but it is fortunate in the sense that we have been able to catch people that are far and wide this morning as well. The reason why I'm saying it's unfortunate that we're meeting online, uh, when I was first given this topic, I was going to ask some people in the church to stand up and demonstrate something, but unfortunately, I can't do that this morning. So what I'm going to do, uh, I'm going to tell you a story. Many, many years ago, when I first got my driving license and the photo card came through, I showed it to my cousin. He He took it, he looked at it, and he smiled. And he said, do you know what? It doesn't show on this thing that you are short. So I thought about it. And then it is really true. You can't tell whether someone is tall or short from a driving license photo. So the same appears for all of us as the children of God. We are standing before him even. It doesn't matter whether you are tall. It doesn't matter whether you are short. It doesn't matter whether you are Jew or you are Gentile. It doesn't matter what ethnicity you come from. When God looks at us, he sees a big banner that's in front of you that's written, redeemed by the blood of Jesus. That's how God sees us. So if you have been on the website of Freedom, you might have seen there are a number of uh, vision vision statements and values on there. And one of the values... Is the one that I'm talking on today, which is value everyone irrespective of their differences. And what better way to put it than what than what Galatians 3:26 to 29 says? For in Christ Jesus, you are sons of God through faith. For many of you, for many of you as were baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if, Christ, if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, offspring as according to the promise. Amen. So before I go any further on what I will be talking about, I just wanted to Encourage everyone during these trying times. To be honest, these times are trying to the world, but they shouldn't be trying to us because we know whose we are. We know what the the scripture says. The scripture says we are a chosen generation. We are a peculiar nation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. We are joined as together with Christ. And the Bible says, "If Christ if God be before us, who can be against us? It says nothing shall separate us from the love of Christ." So the news, the social media, our colleagues, our neighbors, they are telling us all the same thing, and the idea behind it is to instill fear into us they're all talking about this coronavirus how deadly it is and how much of a pandemic it has become but this does not come as a surprise to god god told us about this he told us that in the end times we will see all these things there will be diseases that that have got no cure there will be wars there will be rumors of wars There will be rumors of drought. We'll see earthquakes. All these things are the things that the Bible tells us about. So we should be, at this point, be ready. Because Christ might appear at any time. Nobody knows the hour. Nobody knows the time when he's going to show up. So during these trying times, I just want us to know that God knows all about this. He is the creator of the universe. So when this when this when a storm brews, we tend to want to look at the ways of the world and try to find ways where we can hide within the systems of the world. If we turn to Matthew 8:23, it says now he got into a boat. His disciples followed him, and suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea, so that the boat was covered with waves. He was asleep. Then his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, "Lord, save us, we are perishing." But he said to them, "Why are you fearful, O ye of little faith?" Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the seas. And there was great calm. So the men marveled, saying, who can this be, that even the winds of the sea, even the winds and the sea obey him? So if we look at this story, the Jesus disciples were not just a bunch of 12 men who who just got into the boat with Jesus. Some of them were experienced fishermen who had spent a lot of time on the Sea of Galilee. They were experienced, they knew the patterns of of, of that sea. They knew that when the storm came, it could be fierce and it could be deadly. So they immediately looked up at their experience to see how they could get around it. And the fierceness of the storm they got afraid. They forgot that they had the Mecca of the universe in the boat with them. All they needed to do was to put their trust in Him. Jesus was sleeping in the lower deck of the boat, and He wouldn't have let the the, the storm uh, consume them. So they they cried to Him, Lord, save save us! We are perishing. He reminded them that they did not need they didn't need to be afraid because he holds the earth in his hands. He holds everything. So in these difficult trying times, we need to be looking to Jesus. We need to be coming together as a nation, as a church, and praying to God so that He will make a way for us. I don't want you to get me wrong. The Bible tells us that we need to obey the laws of the land. So the government has told us to take certain precautions and measures so that we are protected. We need to be doing that. We need to be staying at home where we've been told to stay at home. The Bible tells us that those whose trust is in the Lord will not be put to shame. So if we turn with me to Isaiah 45 from verse 17, it says, But Israel shall be saved by the Lord with an everlasting salvation. You shall not be ashamed or disgraced forever and ever. And also when you look at Jeremiah 17 from verse 7, it says, But blessed is the man who, who trusts in the Lord whose confidence is in him. There will be like a tree planted by the waters that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when the heat comes. Its leaves are always green and it has no worries in a year of drought. It never fails to bear fruit. The same applies to us. So during these trying times, we need to remember whose we are. We need to focus on Jesus. Let him take the stage and let him direct us. We are vessels that are for his glory. And during this week, I came across something that led me thinking. It was a a post that someone had posted it said it's easy to spot a yellow car when you are always thinking of a yellow car easy to spot an opportunity when you are always thinking of an opportunity easy to spot reasons to be mad when you are always thinking of being mad you constantly you become what you constantly think about watch yourself so During this time, what are you constantly thinking about? Are you thinking about fear? Are you thinking about what the press is saying? Are you focusing on where you should be focusing, where your focus should be, which is on Jesus Christ? Because when we focus on him, we we shall be like him. The word Christian means imitator of Christ. So during these trying time, times, we need to remember that he is our only hope. When the children of Israel had rebelled against Moses in the wilderness, and instead the Lord's anger, God commanded Moses to make a bronze snake. In in Numbers, he, he told he told Moses to make a bronze snake and everyone who looked at the snake when they were beaten, they did not perish, they lived. And John 3, 14 also tells us the same thing. It says, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so shall the son of man be lifted, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life for god so loved the world that he gave his only his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life jesus came so that we may have life this invitation is open to anyone regardless whether you're rich or you're poor whether you're short or you're tall we are we all stand equal before god one of our values in freedom is to value everyone irrespective of their differences. What does this mean for you and for me? It means that we want to be a church where everyone feels welcome, where everyone feels valued. And everyone is treated with respect this, the very same way that we would like to be treated. It means we have to treat everyone equally and fairly. Look at, at everyone without being judgmental or without looking at one status. The Bible tells us in Acts 10, 34 to 36, that God shows no favoritism. Then Peter replied, I see very clearly that God shows no favoritism. In every nation, he accepts those who fear him and do what is right. This is the message of good news for the people of Israel, that there is peace with God through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. So we clearly see what God's heart is for his people that he created. And we know that when people gather together, when people begin to form a community, cliques can easily form, which can very quickly drive a wedge between the community or the church. But when we look at James, James gives us a clear instruction on how we should treat each other and those that are visiting among us. So let's tend to James chapter 2, if you've got your Bibles with you. (coughs) So I'll start reading from verse 1. My brothers and sisters, believe us in Our glorious Lord Jesus Christ must not show favoritism. Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes, and a poor man in filthy old clothes also comes in. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, here's a good seat for you, but say to the poor man, you stand there or sit on the floor by my feet. Have you not discriminated against yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my dear brothers and sisters. Has God, has God not chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he has promised to those He love him, those who love him? But you dishonor the poor. Is it not the rich who are exploiting you? Are they not the ones who are dragging you into court? Are they not the ones blaspheming the neighbor name of him who you belong to? If you really keep the royal law found in scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you are you are doing right. But if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. Amen. We therefore need to ensure that as people we do not show favouritism. We need to be treating everyone equally, giving everyone equal opportunities. Let us learn to value one another just just as the same way as Jesus would value them. Suppose you've got something that needs doing and there is a number of people available in the church And based upon your own perceptions, you give a task to someone who you think is fit for that position or who you think is better positioned to do that task. And then you pass an opportunity to someone that has said they are available to do that. How do you think that person would feel Are they not going to feel that they are not valued to the church? So it is quite important that when we do things, we give everyone an equal opportunity. It is important that we look into people's giftings and and capitalize on them, make sure we are promoting them to be of value within the house of the Lord. Galatians 6.10 says, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. If we fail to do that, the other person might feel that they have not been valued. So they might be giving opinions, or they might be coming up with ideas. They might have giftings in certain areas. But because we are using our own perceptions, we'll leave them out. And that person might see themselves as a fallback person, that when the person that you've gone to has let you down, you'll then go to that other person and say, oh, are you able to do this? We need to be mindful about our actions as a church we need to think about how we are demonstrating that second greatest commandment, which says, love your neighbor. I once came across an article that talked about how the value of something determines its importance. The more you value something, the better place it will stand in your life. So sometimes I've I've come across people who take hobbies to be more important than their families. They'd rather pay for their hobby than provide for their families. But in the house of, of God, it should not be that way. We should love one another as the Bible tells us. Everyone within the house of God desires to be valued. They need to be valued. We can do this by tapping into people's gifting, giving giving them the opportunities, showing them that we appreciate them. Just going to someone and saying, you did a good job that makes that person feel valued. We go into work sometimes and there are people that we don't recognise. Because they are not part of the corporate, we don't recognise them. But those people are as valuable as the corporate, within that organization. Imagine if you went into your workplace and the cleaners decided they were not going to clean for a week, what is it going to look like? And the person that operates the car park, who lets you in and out, and they decide for a week, I'm not going to let anyone into the car park or out of the car park. Can you just imagine the chaos that there will be in that place? So we need to be thinking about the value of other people. And we need to appreciate them. We are called as a church to save. One of the songs that we sang earlier on, Said about Christ coming to save, not to be saved. So we need to be serving within the church, not to be waiting to be saved. So whether you are an usher within the church, whether you are a senior pastor, whether you are a cleaner, we all play a role in the house of God and we need to. Value each other. Have you ever heard of the story of Sarita? If you have not heard, here goes.
1: Have you ever heard the story of Sarita? She believed she was worth nothing and there was no point in trying to change things. Was there any hope for her? Sarita would walk with her shoulders hunched and her head ducked. She was skinny, even afraid of her own shadow. Would her life ever change? Sarita grew up on the island of Kiniwata in the Pacific. Her father hardly believed that she would ever find a husband. One day, a very skilled and smart man, nicknamed Johnny Lingo, Noticed Sarita and wanted to marry her. The custom was to bring a dowry to the parents of the wife to be, and cows were the customary gift. Everyone knew that two or three cows would be given for a nice wife, four or five cows could be given for a very nice one. So the people of Kiniwata were astounded when they heard that Johnny Lingo, without bargaining, gave eight cows for Sarita. Weeks after the wedding, Schenkin, a shopkeeper on the island, came to deliver the gift Johnny had bought for Sarita. Schenkin could not believe his eyes. The Sarita he had known weeks before had become a very beautiful woman. She was graceful and showed inner confidence and dignity. What had happened? See, Johnny knew that a woman would feel degrading, degraded knowing that a low-value dowry was offered for her. A woman would be devastated hearing other women boasting about the high price given for them. Because Johnny valued Sarita so much, Sarita changed. Her posture and the look in her eyes showed that she had grown and blossomed. How Sarita viewed herself was the key. Now she knew she was worth more than any other woman on the island to Johnny. This story was told in an article in Reader's Digest in February 1988. It shows that people need to feel valued to be able to grow, blossom and bear fruit.
0: Thank you, Dave. So as a church, how many Saritas do we know? And what are we doing about them? Are we making those around us feel valued? Are we nurturing that value within the church? I wanna pose a question to the leadership. How much are we putting value on the members of the church? Are we valuing everyone the same? Are we putting the same humility that Jesus put on his creation? So these are the things that we need to be thinking about and looking at our actions. Because when we work together, caring for problems of others as though they were our problems, we demonstrate Christ's example of putting others first and by doing that we experience unity in its fullness within the church so let us not focus on making a good impression or meeting on our own needs because that will strain our relationships in the house of god but rather Let us look beyond physical appearance, ethnicity, financial status, and see everyone as God sees us. Let's turn to the book of Philippians, chapter 2. starting from verse one. Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done in selfish ambition or conceit but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out, not look only for his his interests, but also the interests of others. Let this mind be in you, which was in Christ, who being in the form of God, did not consider a robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, to taking the form of a born servant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death of the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of those in heaven of those on earth and of those in under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the father amen so we need to be mindful that selfishness self, selfishness can ruin a church however humility enables us to have a true perspective of ourself from a point of view that Paul brings in Romans 12, 3. Reading from the New Translations, it says, because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given you. I need you to hear me correctly here. I'm not saying that you should put yourselves down before God, but I'm saying we should humble ourselves. There's a difference between putting yourself down and humbling yourself. When you humble yourself, you are doing it from the heart. But when you put yourself down, you are doing it from a lost self-esteem. So, before God, we are all sinners that are saved by grace. Therefore, when God looks at us, he sees us through the eyes of grace. We don't deserve to be before God, but because of God's grace, because of what Jesus Christ has done for us, we can boldly approach the throne of grace. We are therefore to lay down our selfishness and treat others with respect and value them and their interests. Those people that we we might be looking upon as foolish or of no value, are actually people that God has chosen to use. In 1 Corinthians 1.26, it says, Brothers, brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many of you were influential. Not many were noble, were of noble birth. But God cho- chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of the world and despised the things that are not to nullify the things that are, so that no one may boss before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has who has become for us wisdom? For who has become for us wisdom from God? That our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boss boss in the Lord. So I just want us to think over the next coming weeks. How do we value each other? How are we treating each other despite our origins, despite our our standings in the society? Let us take time to pray for one another in this coming week. It might be sometimes just taking up the phone and calling someone that you've not called before and finding out how they are. Andy talked last week about outward looking. So when we are outward looking, it means we value everyone irrespective of their standing in the society. So, as I bring as I bring my statement to an end, it might be that you are feeling like our friend Sarita, who thought she had no worth. Maybe the world has written you off. I want to offer you a chance this morning to start all over again. You might be facing challenges and not knowing where to turn to. I invite you this morning to turn to Jesus. He says, come to me, all of you who are heavily burdened, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon me and learn from me. I am gentle and humble in heart. You'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So if that is you today, I would like to pray with you. Jesus says, whoever acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge before my father. So if you were to die within the next 24 hours, where will you spend eternity you can miss heaven but you surely will not miss hell if you've missed heaven so i don't want you to miss that gift of eternal life It might be maybe some things have happened and they've drawn you away from the Lord. But God has got his arms open. When Jesus died on that cross, he said, it is finished. So I'm I'm going to lead us in prayer. Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you died and rose again. I now invite you to come into my life. I ask you to forgive my sins and be the Lord of my life. Amen. If you pray that prayer, We believe that you are born again. And if you are on this this live stream this morning and you are not part of any church, I'll urge you to find a church, a local church that's near you, a Bible-based church, and connect with them. Or you can get in touch with us and we will help you In this journey, which is called Christianity. Shall we bow our heads in prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God, that you are a mighty God. We thank you, Lord God, that you are exalted on high. You are the King of kings. You are the King of glory. We thank you, Lord God, for your word this morning, O Father. We ask, Lord God, that your word will fall in good soil, Lord God. That, Lord God, the enemy will not try and steal it from us, O Father. Because we know, Lord God, that the enemy, the enemy prowls like a lion, Lord God, seeking whom he can devour, Lord. But, Lord, we know we are safe in your hands. We are safe under the shadow of your wing. So we come to you this morning, O God, and we say, have your way, Lord God, among us. Father, teach us to meditate on your word at all times. Teach us to focus on you and to put our trust in you. Lord, may your word build us. May your word protect us. May your word be a lamp unto our feet. Lord, I want to pray this morning for those that are sick. I pray, Lord God, that you'll send your word and heal their diseases, Lord. I pray for those that are troubled, those that are worried, that, Lord God, you'll give them the peace that surpasses all understanding. I pray for those that are lonely, Lord God, this morning, that, Lord, they will find peace in you, they will find comfort in you, Lord. And that, Lord, they will know and they will remember that your word says that you'll never leave them nor forsake them. So, Lord, come and have your way among us come and be exalted, come and be lifted on high. I praise you and honor you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen.